Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 78 of the Citric Session. I'm your host, Andy Whiteside. It's actually, I had to hesitate there for a minute, Bill. This is the, this is the second one of these in the last two hours. I had to make sure I had my episode numbers right. Yeah, exactly. So uh, Bill Sutton's with me. Bill runs uh, delivery services here at Zintegra. Uh, Bill, busy, busy times, even though it's summertime? Yes, busy times. Like we talked about this morning on our management call, we've got, uh, you know, we're booked up pretty good. Uh, that doesn't mean we don't have availability. We just, uh, things are really looking good over the next month or so. Is this post-pandemic uh, projects ramp back up? Is that what we're looking at? Um, probably a little bit of it, but uh, a lot of it's net new stuff, I think. So, yeah. It's good. Must they mean things in the EUC cloud world are taking off. Uh, and that's what we're counting on. Yep, that's right. So we're lucky enough to have uh, Justin Mater with us. Justin is over at Citrix. Justin, how's it going? Hey, how you doing, Andy and Bill? Good to have you. Justin, good to be here. Give us, give us a little background on your role at Citrix. Yeah, thank you. So, uh, so yeah, my name is Justin Mater. I am one of the product managers here uh, in regards to the Citrix Endpoint Management Service. I have been here for a little over eleven years now, at Citrix. Wow. And this may show a little of my ignorance. Citrix endpoint management is just a service these days, right? There is no on-premises version of that, or is, am I screwing that up? No, we, we primarily focus on our cloud solution in Citrix Cloud, but we still do offer an on-premise solution. Uh, most of our features are cloud-first features. Mm -hmm. um, and the integration with Citrix Cloud and all of our other third-party integrations are primarily cloud focus, but we do still offer an on-premise solution for certain use cases. Yeah. And Bill and I just did a um, podcast a little bit ago. I think I just said that. And we talked uh, a lot about uh, ways to simplify your, your technology specifically around Citrix. And a big dose of that was something as a service, which obviously that's where you want people to go. That's good for your business, good for their business and, and good for the sysadmin to, to have it as a service versus trying to deploy it the old way on premises. Uh, would you agree? Yeah. Definitely, definitely. It's just we can get up environment up and running in less than 15 minutes, get the devices enrolled, you know, from, especially from a support manner, you know, having one unified architecture, it prevents regressions, help with our tech support teams with customer issues, because we're not having trying to learn a customer's environment based upon how they perceive their environment to be best practices. And we're probably going to get into this in this conversation, but some of that means integrating with other services so that the customer gets a gets a holistic approach to a digital workspace uh, that might include several different vendor services all getting aggregated into the world of Citrix workspace as well as the world of Citrix endpoint management. Yeah, that that is correct. With with the integration of all of our products tightly together within the Citrix workspace, you know, you know, work, workflows and user productivity has just just been simplified throughout and even from an admin perspective having a single unified ui to access all of your services having a single you know button to push for for accessing your applications is, is the best thing for our customers well let, let me do this the uh the title of this article or the blog is what's new with citrix workspace 2021 so that means you know citrix workspace service and i think what we've discovered in prepping for this is a big chunk of this is going to be about endpoint management service uh, and how that's evolved, which is great news, right? I mean, that continues to evolve. That shows that Citrix is is uh, concerned about that space and wants to make sure that their product is the best of breed uh, on that side of the workspace equation. 
And I think I will, I will call it that a workspace equation, right? At the end, you're looking for a, a holistic, complete solution that has lots of variables and endpoint management, endpoint management service is obviously one of those big variables that helps you come up with the final answer. Yeah, it's definitely a, there's, there's um, a lot of moving parts, but ultimately, like you said, it's just having that, uh, that simplistic view from all different aspects, from whether they're first party, whether they're third party, whether they're customer on-premise uh, components and you'd be integrated, you know, having that, that simplified workflow for the admins is, is our overall goal. Yeah. So this blog talks about several things, as I mentioned, and the, there is one section that's not specifically around endpoint management. I guess I'll work with you and Bill to cover that. And that is adding security for SaaS and web apps with web isolation policies uh, Bill, have you had a chance to kind of review that? Can you help us understand what Citrix is talking about being new in the April release? Yeah, apparently that <clears throat> you, in the blog article itself, there's a red box around, I think, what's new. And this is a, essentially allowing sensitive corporate apps um, and other SaaS apps to automatically or be forced into the Citrix Secure Browser service uh, to isolate them from any sorts of threats and things of that nature. So, um, and as well as if you think about it, when you're like you, you mentioned on the earlier podcast, you were in a hotel kiosk last week or using a hotel kiosk is not having anything, um, any data or, or breadcrumbs, so to speak, left on the endpoint. Uh, once you've finished your work, even in a SaaS app, no cookies or anything like that that are left behind. So uh, this is essentially forcing the user into the secure browser service for those types of applications. Uh, and it can be set on a application by application basis, uh, uh, as well as I'm sure other basis as well. Oh, and Bill, I'm going to do a, a typical Andy thing here and just harp on one word. Um, Citrix browser, Citrix secure browser is one thing. Citrix secure browser service, where it's a, you know, a Chromium based derivative hosted on Linux in Citrix's Azure tenant. That's something else. And you, you did a good job. You specifically said the word service, but I'm just going to highlight that for our users here. What we're talking about here is the browser service, which is extremely secure and isolates it not only from the endpoint computer, but isolates it from the customer's entire data center. That is powerful. Absolutely. Yeah, the alternative, I think uh, you, didn't touch, you didn't say it there, but I think what you're getting at is the secure browser is the embedded browser in the workspace app, whereas the secure browser service, to your point, is the, the, thing, the, the one hosted in the cloud, very secure on a Linux environment in Azure. And, and I talk to people who sell and implement Citrix all the time that can't explain the differences between the two. It, it drives me nuts. And, and I don't think, I, I think Citrix maybe has intentionally done a good job of making those all one and the same from a, from a high level conversation. Because at the end of the day, you're looking to Citrix uh, for security needs. Uh, at least you should be. Uh, mm -hmm. I have one of our new guys here. I, he and I were talking the other day about, you know, why more security companies don't focus on using a delivery model like Citrix. And he's new. And he said to me, well, that's because if they did, then it would cut out 80% of the other things they sell. I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, if you look at Citrix from a delivery perspective, being secure across the platforms or plethora of options, all of a sudden those things that you're spending money on those point products to secure uh, just go right out the window. Exactly. I, I recall a conversation several years ago, a presentation done by um, someone from another security company, and they were talking about all of these various products you know, this product solves the endpoint problem. This product solves the edge problem. This product solves the internal problem. And I thought, you know, you could probably just do a remote delivery of applications and desktops and you would need most of that stuff. Right, for sure. 
you just change your delivery model. We'd solve a lot of those problems, not all of them, but a lot of them. So Justin, before we jump into the uh, Citrix endpoint management portion of this blog, uh, any thoughts on what we covered just now and things we've talked about regarding the product or Citrix's place in the security world? No, no, you actually hit it spot on. And that's a lot of what we're going to talk about today about Citrix endpoint management is all around our security story, you know, focusing on a, a true ZTNA, uh, you know, vision uh, that Citrix has uh, in regards to the entire workspace. And and really what you alluded to just now is you're only secure as your weakest link. And most likely the weakest link in all this is the endpoint and the user and what you guys are doing to try to tighten up on that while still making it, you know, usable solution uh, is con a continuing evolution and will probably never end. Uh, but certainly something Citrix is understanding and focusing on. Definitely, for sure. And we've actually, you know, it, from our customer perspective over the last year, you know, everyone's kind of been working from home. They've kind of slowed down that that thought process around securing the endpoints, the endpoints in one location. Um, you know, it's at their home, it's on their secure network at home, on their Wi-Fi or whatnot, you know, but eventually we're going to go back to normal and eventually these devices are going to start to grow legs and walk away. They're going to be out on, like I said, in kiosk devices, out in airports, at hotel Wi-Fi's. And that endpoint themselves, yes, you've had a secure story being on a laptop or a desktop at home and then eventually, you know, opening up to the world more, you know, more, 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 more loopholes, more, more intrusions into a network where you have to keep that secure, especially on a mobile device. Yeah. Yeah. I do it all the time where I ask people if their, their solution's secure and they say yes. And then I tell them to look out the window and I go grab their laptop or a phone or whatever. And, you know, pretend to walk out of the room with it. That's it's such a massive attack vector that all you can do is do the best you can do, but there's no way to totally secure it. But things like what we're going to talk about here are massive steps in the right direction. Exactly. Yep. So Justin, um, let me just read the title again of this section, Citrix Endpoint Management Service. And I highlight the word service, security, UX and uh, security and UX enhancements. Your first bullet here says Citrix Endpoint Management Service releases or receives Android Enterprise verification. Uh, help us understand what you guys are doing in the world of Android to make sure that it uh, is a first-class citizen and you guys are able to support customers who choose to use it for some or all of their endpoints or uh, support their end users who choose to use it as their endpoint. Yeah, so, so what this means is that, you know, whenever Google releases new enrollment modes, new APIs that are available to secure that device, whether it is a fully managed device, whether it is a personal device instead of a work profile. Ultimately, this just shows that, uh, you know, together with the partnership we have with Google has in fact, you know, met all of the standards and all of the management sets, they call it, uh, to making sure that if in fact you enroll an Android enterprise device in Citrix, that in fact it is 100% uh, validated from Google. We're able to utilize all of their security APIs uh, device management APIs, uh, and so forth, no matter which type of device, personal or corporate, or uh, like you mentioned, Andy, earlier, uh, kiosk devices as well, which we have a bullet point, like three or four down that talks in depth about our, our kiosk device solution. You know, until we started talking about this, I had forgotten that Google now owns Android, right? They, they're the leader in the Android space. They, they, they own it, right? They do, yep. Yeah. That's an and interesting they, they, play, right? Because I know you guys work with Apple and iOS. At the same point, Google has an interesting future in how they might play more of a role in the enterprise. 
They do. They do. Over over the past few years, you know, they had Android for Work, and then now they've introduced Android Enterprise. Yes, it's just a new naming, but just over the past few years, they have gone above and beyond, you know, what they were originally from being an open source. You know, a lot of uh, customers were scared to go on this uh, just because of the open source, but now the, the containerization, what they call Work Profile, uh, and all the APIs have available for EMM vendors is is just uh, above and beyond. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see where they take the take the product. I was a big Android fan in the beginning, still still am. Uh, I do use iOS because my family uses iOS, and if it wasn't for them, I would be back on Android at this point. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm a big Android guy too, and I love what they've done. All right, so next topic is Azure AD, Active Directory. I believe we're talking service, Active Directory service, uh, device compliance using Azure AD conditional access policies, public preview. Help us understand what you guys are covering there. Uh, yep, correct. So, so what this this is is so Citrix has a great, like you said, we've been talking about it for the last you know 15 minutes. Has a great security story. So Citrix endpoint management themselves, when devices enroll, they have hundreds of different automated actions that in fact can determine whether a device is compliant based upon application properties, user properties, device properties, uh, location properties. And so because of this, this security actions story that we have, we're able to now take our device compliance, whether the device is in the proper state or not, and basically set it over to Azure Active Directory. And what that means is when we send over our device compliance state over to Azure Active Directory, an end user, or I'm sorry, an admin can in fact take advantage of Azure's AD conditional access on top of Office 365 applications. So even if they go just download them directly from the public app store, these conditional access policies say, you know, is the device managed? Is it in the compliant state? Yes or no? And allow you access or not based upon what Citrix is telling Azure AD. And all, most of our customers have one way or another some type of Office 365 application. So you know, having our security standpoints and be able to provide that to the Office 365 applications is a, is a win for both sides. Can you give me an example of, um, of a conditional um, analysis on, and what might, might happen next after that's done? Yeah, so let's say that, um, you know, that Citrix, Citrix admin, CEM admin uh, goes and says, hey, you know, this, this device is, is, is managed, but it has, I just say, a social media app that, that's a corporate device, has Facebook, has, has Twitter on there. And just be, because of that, the device itself is now in a non-compliant state until an application or applications get off the device. So they go try to launch Office 365, Microsoft Word, let's say, for example, and they're going to get access denied, saying your device is not uh, compliant based upon one or more company rules. Please get your device back in compliance in order to launch this application and get access to company resources like a company Word doc whether it's a spreadsheet, whether it is a PowerPoint that has NDA information on it. If that device is not in the proper stance, it's not in the proper location, has broken that geofence, so you have their location highlighted, has broken that geofence, uh, whether it's a, a hospital or an office building, basically that Office 365 application is completely invalid to be used. Right. And, and the benefit of the user is now they can do that, which they could probably do it before, but now they can use it, do it using Azure AD, as their record of source of uh, you know, the data. And, and now they don't have to, you don't have to use Citrix to do it. You can integrate Citrix to talk to where you're already doing it 
in Azure. Co correct. Yeah. yeah. So Citrix, of course, could always do it and access, you know, first party applications, secure mail, secure web, Citrix files, see that applications. But now they can actually we can extend that over to Office 365 applications. So we're telling Azure AD, telling Microsoft, hey, allow or deny access based upon what, what we tell you. We're the source of truth because we're the one that has the device under management. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Bill, any thoughts on either of these? Yeah, so Justin, I think the the, the example that I've come up that I've come up with here is if the you got a user that gets a new Android device and they try to just point it to Office Outlook Office three sixty five dot com, um, the these conditional access policies can say is this device enrolled, right? Yep, that's, that's correct. Yes, and if the device isn't enrolled, you don't get access to your mail. Or to your point, if the device is enrolled but it's been rooted, you don't get access to your mail. Stuff like that. Correct. Yeah, like I said, any single type of application property, device property, user property, location, right. all the above can trigger a yes or no to that office application. Does leveraging this essentially um, modify what what was the old mail manager product, where you could you could block access based on status? If you know what I'm talking about. Um. Yeah. You know, Zemo Mail Manager now it has it has a new name now. It's very very long. Um. But yes. <laughs> uh. Yes. Co correct. So, but. Now, most customers that we have are utilizing Outlook or Office 365 for Exchange Online. Right. Uh, your, that old mail manager that we have or NetScaler connector that, that we have as well. Right. Um, that's still a still viable product. We still have that component. And that's more for the lines of controlling uh, an on-premise Active Director using ActiveSync. I see. Okay. So it, it's still there. But again, once the customer moves to Exchange Online, this kind of takes uh, over that role. That. I see. Exactly. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, so the next section is uh, next generation um, uh, auto discovery service is now available. Justin, what's that covering? Yeah, so we've always had auto discovery. Uh, auto discovery, most people know it as email-based discovery, where you enter your email address in, say, Secure Hub, and it automatically finds your either gateway URL or your enrollment URL. So what we've done, and this, this service has been around for, for many, many years now, uh, since the beginning of, of the endpoint management days, so what we've done is we've actually enhanced this twofold. So from an admin perspective, we now the UI lives in Citrus Cloud, just where everything else lives uh, from a Citrus Cloud service perspective. And now these URLs uh, claims, as well as email-based discoveries, are all tied to a Citrus Cloud account instead of in a unique ID. So we've kind of enhanced that admin perspective of it. Now what we've also done, it's it's a little it's a little outside of the Citrus endpoint management world. We've also enabled auto-discovery, email-based discovery within the Citrix workspace. So this service now has a new service that, that it takes care of. It's called our Global App Config Service. And the Global App Config Service actually does not only email-based discovery for within the Citrix workspace application, but also delivers settings to the workspace. So all those previous settings that's from a Windows perspective um, that were usually pushed out by GPO, you know, now, especially over the last year with no one being in the office, no one really ha running on domain joint machines, how is there a way to make sure that that workspace has the proper settings, is compliant, um, you know, has, has the proper URLs, the proper settings, so that CVAT experience is successful. So this global app config service actually pushes down all these settings to the workspace. And that's on Windows. Uh, currently, right now, we're expanding that over to the Linux, Mac, HTML5 uh, base in the future. 
And then from iOS and Android perspective, we've never had something like this. This was always something that if you had a mobile device and wanted to launch applications and resources via your CWA client, you had to manually configure these settings. Now with this service as well, you're able to push them out from a centralized cloud location. Justin, I hate to admit this, but I'm a little excited about maybe getting back on the platform internally myself so that I can take advantage of this. Is that That's something I've wanted for a long time. But do I understand correctly that you said the global admin service, which I think is what this ADSV Next in the article you're referring to is? Is that right? So you could global app config service. Yes, it's okay. for workspace. Yes, correct. So this service, so we've always had auto discovery. Now we've expanded right. it to, work, to, to not only have a, a simplified UI flow within Citrus Cloud, but we've also expanded to take on this new component called the Global App Config Service. So this is, confer- this is configuring the Citrix Workspace app on the endpoint? Correct, yes, oh, correct. Oh, okay, wow. Yep, yep. All right. Yeah, so again, so this Citrix Endpoint Management has always had that email-based discovery functionality. Right. And for the, for the Workspace app, let's just say your on-premise storefront uh, server, you've, you've had different ways. You could do, of course, GPOs, you could sure. use your SRV record, you know, yeah. you could use the web doc and sig file and storefront. There's so many different ways. Now I've extended it to be able to be centrally configured from a cloud service, as well as deliver settings as well. All the workspace app settings that you want can be delivered from this location. And every single release, we're adding more and more, and we're actually starting to utilize this service as a security functionality uh, service as well. So. You know, in the beginning, uh, we spoke about the the enhanced security settings within the Citrix browser service. And if you go back up to that screenshot, you have like you have your your app protection policies that can be done to web and SaaS. You, you know, right. your, your key launcher and stuff like that. Your um, your watermark. These mm-hmm. settings we're going to be introducing into that service as well. So an admin doesn't have to configure it per app. They can configure it globally per workspace store and push that out. Wow. So this so, is, no, that, this, that's exciting, right? The very first time I got on a Citrix uh, Zen Mobile implementation way back in the day, I just didn't understand why I didn't automatically just take care of my workspace app. This gets us to the point where it more seamlessly does it without any extra effort, right? Uh, that is correct. And it's actually, I know we're talking here about Citrix Endpoint Management. And again, this is a shared service, if you want to call it that, Global App Config Service. Your device actually does not have to be enrolled in CEM in order to take advantage of that uh, global app config service. They're, they're, they work, can work in parallel, but they also work independent if in fact you have no MDM solution for device management or you're utilizing another uh, vendor as well. Mm. So it's kind of separated out. This service is available to all Citrus Cloud customers. Wow. Okay, so the next uh, topic here is publish Android Enterprise applications directly from the Citrix Workspace Management Console. That seems like that highlights just a stronger and stronger relationship between Citrix and Google. This is actually Citrix and Microsoft here. Uh Uh-oh. This one right here. So, um, and I say that, so Android Enterprise before, if if you're familiar with, um, uh, with how you publish an Android Enterprise application, they have to actually be published and approved from within the managed Google Play Store, right? And this That's is how kind of this, this is how Google kind of controls it. So, so how Apple does Apple VPP, Google does Google Managed Play Store. So before, with our with our partnership with Microsoft, we had the ability to push Intune applications, are now called Microsoft Endpoint Manager applications, from our Citrus Cloud console to be able to share them in containerization and have it under a unified App Store. 
prior with this new change to Android Enterprise and all of our customers now adopting it, it would be this is actually makes the application approval process more seamless. Instead of having to go back and forth and go to our, our um, integration console with Intune compared to the CEM console to approve the app, now it's all done on a single pane of glass. So this is getting Microsoft applications to Android more seamlessly. That is correct. Yes, okay. yes. Because Microsoft Endpoint Manager is the, is the only vendor that has those app protection um, APIs available so they consume them. So what we've done is we've taken it. So now Citrix has you know the, the unified app store for the, the CVET applications, Citrix files, mobile apps. And now, of course, for the last couple of years, we've been able to extend that to a unified app store for O365. And then now here, just piggybacking on top of all the Android enterprise changes and APIs that are a part of that security story. Right. <clears throat> Bill, any comments? Uh, not really on this. I mean, <clears throat> seems pretty straightforward uh, from where I sit. Okay. So moving on to the next one, um, easy Android enterprise device enrollment with a QR code. That is also um, something that I'm excited to see. Uh, and anything, anytime we can simplify the onboarding process, I'm a fan. Yeah, definitely. Just like we had talked about before, we all, I've always had an email-based discovery where an username or a user can enter their email address. Now what you can do is you can actually create, generate a QR code that they can easily just with their camera take a picture of, scan it, and automatically will enroll them, whether it is a personal device or a fully managed device, be able to enroll them with a QR code. This is just, just simplifies the admin perspective. I'm sorry, the end user perspective, just because, again, not, not all end users are as tech savvy as we are. So trying to explain to them how to enroll a device can be cumbersome sometimes. You know, that, oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. that simple idea, they just plug their email address. I can't tell you how many times people got stuck on that screen. Um, <laughs> not sure why, but they definitely, I definitely had users internally as Integra, you know, non-technical users that we get stuck there and not quite understand how to move forward. Whereas with some of our multi-factor solutions, they easily saw, oh, just take a picture of this thing and it'll automatically do what I needed to do. They get that. It's just like going to a restaurant and getting a menu now. At first, you know, some people were hung up on that. Now your you know, 70-year-old grandmother knows to just take their phone and hover over the QR. Right. Yeah, def definitely simplifies this. If you can't take if you can't take a picture, then you've got, got more problems then. <laughs> All right. So uh, next one is a Citrix launcher for Android Enterprise enables kiosk mode use cases. Justin, what does that mean? So, so what this is, so Android Enterprise has a, a enrollment mode. It's a kiosk device. It's called a COSU, uh, company-owned uh, single use. So the idea there is you're locking the device down so it can't be used for anything else other than the applications you put on it. Um, so what we've done is we've actually created our own kiosk application on top of this kiosk enrolled device. And it's called Android Enterprise um, um, Launcher also known as Citrix Launcher for Android Enterprise. I said it backwards. But the idea there is that when you push this application, once the device, in fact, enrolls in the kiosk mode, it actually gets pushed out to the device, and it's a lockdown application. Think of it, uh, if you're familiar with the Apple supervised mode, where you can push out an application, completely lock it down at the outside world. Same concept here for the Android Enterprise device. Now, what's nice about this is the Citrix Launcher is a customizable screen. You can you know, customize the backgrounds and things like that push out whatever type of applications you want, whether it's one, two, three applications, whether it's a desktop. And then if you 
are taking this device for maybe doing upgrades, maybe doing patching or whatnot, needing to reboot it, it has a way to back out of it by an admin lockdown password. So they can get in and out of the lockdown device from that. And Andy, you talked about, you know, kiosk devices at the beginning of this call, you know, same kind of concept. That kiosk device, of course, is a regular device like we, we all have today, you buy from a store, but it's locked down in this launcher. And that's what the Citrus launcher for Android Enterprise does. Right. So this is like the uh, restaurant that I went to several months ago that handed me a tablet. I don't know whether it was an Android tablet or an iOS tablet. It had the wine list on it. And that was the only thing I could do with it was was browse the various wines they had. So you, this is what you're talking about here is the ability to lock down what apps a, a, a regular person can access on the device. Yep, that, that's exactly it. And with, with the customized branding and everything, you can make right. it look like it's your own personal, you know, um, you know, device. No, nothing around Google, Android, or whatnot. It's all, you know, unless you have, you know, a Samsung label on the actual, you know, uh, case itself. Right. It, it, it's just completely locked down to your your own company. Yeah. So everything we're talking about here, all of these these items that we've just gone through, all of this stuff is still configurable via the Endpoint Management Console, except maybe that one that one workspace configuration. Correct. Yeah, these are all available inside the, the Endpoint Management Console uh, in cloud, except for the auto discovery one. Again, you're configuring that in Citrus Cloud for email-based discovery. Right. And in that second use case I spoke to you about, about the Citrus Workspace application delivery settings, that's a 100% uh, workspace as well as uh, all located inside of our Citrix uh, developer portal today. Right. So, because I want to talk about this one briefly. So, I, obviously, like Bill, going to restaurants, they have these things. So, the Citrix use case is you've got this corporation that needs endpoint device management, you know, the typical enterprise stuff. And then if you needed a, a kiosk-type scenario, like for retail, you would have the whole portfolio of, of all the, the Citrix workspace, UEM, or endpoint management piece, um, while still having the ability to do also the, those retail or kiosk use cases. You know, I've always wondered about that and, and said, okay, where does Citrix play in this? It sounds like you guys do play there now and you have the ability for a company to choose one product that allows you to do uh, that niche use case as well as the more traditional enterprise management use case. Yeah, that's correct. I, I, we see this a lot in, uh, in healthcare as well as schools, edu education. You're trying to, if you go, you, you, you one of my kids, you know, a tablet that has, the ability to download games and get everywhere, they're never going to get it worked out. You lock it down to one or two applications that are required for, for, for that grade level, then, you know, ho hopefully they're able to focus. Yeah. You know, in, in, in the hospital per se, you know, I see a lot of times hospitals now giving tablets to the patients so they can fill out the reports, you know, fill out the applications, as well as even if they're there for long term, be able to give them something to do out, outside of watching the TV in front of them, give them lock them down to a web browser, lock them down to, to one or two links, things like that. So, No, that's great. That, I could see tons of use cases for that. Yep. Yeah, me too. Well, Justin, Bill, we've reached the end of this one. I think it's funny that we're reviewing the what's new uh, April updates. I need to go find the what's new in May updates and request that that author join us. Uh, but Justin, I truly appreciate you jumping on and covering the endpoint management side of this. Uh, it's great to see that Citrix is investing in that technology and continues to see it as a, um, a growth area for its customers and its partners. Yeah, definitely. I thank you both for having me today. Bill, any parting, uh, any, anything else before we let our listeners go? I, you took the words out of my mouth. I, I, I got involved years ago, not long after Citrix acquired the technology that has become endpoint management and built a, essentially built a practice around implementing what was then known as Zen Mobile 
uh, mostly on-premises, uh, starting with version 10. So it's really nice to see that this has continued. This continues to get um, to get investment and development uh, time put into it to make it really relevant for today's today's workplace. I very much appreciate that. Justin, anything else on your side before we uh, wrap this one up? No, nothing on my side. I think we covered everything, and I, I appreciate the invite today, guys. Yeah, I think one of the most exciting things for Bill and I is, is meeting you and knowing that we've got somebody we can turn to at Citrix for the um, the uh, endpoint management piece of the stack on the on the product side and and learn more about what you guys are doing and and if we need some help along the way, uh, uh, we'll we'll come find you. Of course, I'm always here. <laughs> Great. All right, gentlemen. Well, thanks for joining, and uh, we'll do it again next time. Yeah, thanks, everyone. Thank you, Justin.